This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast from Liverpool Echo. I'm Joe Rimmer, sitting in for Ian Doyle today for um, hosting duties and I'm joined by three fine gentlemen to discuss Liverpool's win over Bournemouth on Saturday. To my left is my hero, my mate, who made us a nice podcast brew. He's our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. How are we, Jake? Very good, thank you, Joe. Yourself? Yeah, very good, thanks. Across the way from me there is the tallest man on the Echo Sports desk. It's tall Paul Ghost. How are we, Paul? I'm all right, Joe, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good, thank you. And on my right is Connor Dunn, looking very smart today, Connor. Thank you, Jay. I like your jumper share combo. Is that the first time you've worn that? Possibly. Yeah. You're, um, always <laughs> I'm glad very, you've very very seen me on the podcast. Yeah. Well, I'll, do you want me to describe Connor? So <laughs> Grey jumper. Grey jumper. Chinos. He always looks good. Always his hair swept swept back. And considering he always works early shifts, you always scrub up really well. Thank you very much. It's like the antithesis of Ian Doyle. <laughs> yeah, anyway. yeah. So if, if anyone can see Ian Doyle in their mind, yeah. which is pretty scary if you can, just think of the absolute opposite. So young, handsome, little olive Sartorial hair. elegance personified. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, let's yeah, start the podcast. Start talking about football. <laughs> um, right, James, you were at Liverpool Bournemouth on Saturday. Um much improved performance, much improved atmosphere. Um, what were your thoughts on the game, on Liverpool's performance? Uh, very, very impressive. I think uh, every, everything about the day was just exactly what Liverpool needed after you know a rough couple of weeks where you know nerves and anxiety had crept in, and maybe a few doubts along the way as well that whether this team was was just losing its way somewhat at a crucial time of the season. So uh, that was a massive. A massive step forward, um, really impressive performance. I know. Subsequently, I've seen people say, "Oh, you know, don't don't get carried away. It was only Bournemouth." But I actually think when Liverpool are in that kind of mood and play with that kind of energy and intensity, I think anyone would have struggled to live with them on Saturday. Um, big thing for me was, you know, obviously they, they got the early goal against mm-hmm. Leicester and didn't build on that. The difference on Saturday was there was no let up. They just kept going and going, um, and you know the. The big concern for me after the West Ham game was the lack of energy, how lethargic Liverpool looked. Suddenly that spark and that swagger was back on Saturday. And, you know, if you were being critical, you'd say the only, you come away, the only disappointment is it was only 3-0 because it really, on the balance of play and with the chances Liverpool, uh, Liverpool had, it should have been 5 or 6. Paul, lots have been made of the atmosphere at the moment at Anfield. Quite nervy, I think it's fair to say, against Leicester and perhaps that did transmit to the players. But Saturday completely different um, a really really good atmosphere for a three o'clock Saturday game at Anfield um, what did you make of it and, and do you think perhaps a bit too much is made of it or not enough is made of the atmosphere and what it can happen what it can make happen on the pitch yeah, yeah. I mean it is an interesting one isn't it because you, you look back to the Leicester game and it was snowing sub-zero temperatures and the fans were kind of just going through the motions a little bit and a little bit nervous and a bit anxious when Ali Maguire scored. And Van Dijk came out and said it himself, didn't he? That mm. It doesn't always help when there's an atmosphere like that. And I think a lot of credit needs to go to Spion Cop, who, who yeah, sent yeah. that message around earlier this week. Um, basically, it was a call to arms, wasn't it? And it was telling everyone to get in there early with the scarves and make as much noise as they, as they could. And, and to be fair, Liverpool fans did do that on Saturday, didn't they? It was kind of like a European atmosphere for a Saturday three o'clock game, which is a rarity these days. And I know it's something that Jürgen Klopp would like to see more of, and it's something he mentions here and there about the atmosphere. It's not always going to be the case because, you know, it's a completely different game when Liverpool are playing a Champions League quarter-final against the, you know, whoever it may be, Manchester City to 
playing a home game against the team who were normally battling against the, the relegation. But it, it was, it, it was great to see, it was great to hear and um, more of it will be needed between now and the end of the season because it, it did have a big impact. Connor, it's a, it's a weapon in Liverpool's arsenal, isn't it? The, the atmosphere, because I think a lot is made of atmospheres and if you go around grounds in general in the Premier League, not everyone is bouncing every single week. But when Anfield is bouncing, it is an extra weapon. That's my phone going off, I'm sorry. It's, it's an extra weapon for Liverpool, isn't it? Because... Not many grounds in the Premier League can replicate what Liverpool can. Yeah, certainly. I think you only need to take a look at some of the Champions League scalps that Liverpool have had and you can probably thank the power of Anfield for half of that. Mm. Just so many players, so many teams, you know, Bayern Munich have done it already, Neuer and... um, it was at Hamas Rodriguez as well. Yeah, they come yeah. out and said, oh, we're not bothered about playing at Anfield. Rah, rah. They say every time, every time, basically, they come, they get beaten, they go, it, it happens. And, you know, you see it in the Premier League, some of the big games you play, you know, United and Everton come. The atmosphere just makes such a huge difference to the players. You can even see it in the warm-up and, you know, there's, there's people around and they're, they're bouncing to get out. They're running down the tunnel. They're just really excited. You, you just see that whole energy lift and you can clearly tell the crowd are doing that. So, yeah, it's, it's a massive, massive weapon. And as you say, going around to other grounds in the Premier League, going to away matches and things like that, you do see some of the grounds and, you know, the atmospheres aren't the best and, you know, you can't really take it on face value. But, you know, when a team like Liverpool come to them, that's obviously a big game for some of those teams and they still can't get up for it. So, yeah, Liverpool, you know, Anfield is an amazing place. You get around, James. What? <laughs> how does okay. the Anfield atmosphere at its best compare to, you know, and I'm talking from maybe a league game because European nights are just so amazing, aren't they? You're not, you're not going to get them every week. But how does it compare to your other big grounds in the Premier League? I think it's the best. When Anfield's properly on it, then mm. there's nowhere better in, mm. the, in the Premier League. Very very few have in, even been to in Europe that, that come close when Anfield mm. is, is is what it can be. Um yeah, I mean, it was interesting speaking to some of the players after the game because people people think I think atmosphere sometimes becomes a bit of a cliche in terms yeah, of oh yeah, you know, they, they they always harp on about that it's you know it's that it's some kind of sideshow that doesn't really have much of an impact but you know you speaking to both sets of players who stopped in the mix zone after the game it does have an impact because you know, Trent Alexander Arnold was saying that he said he said no I said he said that I, he'd had a chat with Henderson after the game and said. Have you ever known a three o'clock Saturday game to yeah. be like that? Because he said, I've never, you know, Trent's been going to Anfield for probably, I don't know, 10, 10, 11 years. Said, you know, it was, it was more like a European game than, than, uh, than a normal Premier League game. Um, Andy Robertson said, you know, they could feel the difference in the air and the atmosphere from when they walked out for the warm up. He said, you know, it just felt different. He felt they felt the positivity from the stands. And he said, it's so much, so much more enjoyable to play when you know you've got that kind of backing and then the other side of it is Steve Cook stopped to speak to some Bournemouth reporters who are overhearing his answers mm. and and he said you know I've never never known a Premier League game atmosphere mm. like that you know it, it, it was akin to a a big a big European tie um so yeah that, you know, it had a massive a massive part to play um as Gorsley said you've got to give Spy and Cop 1906 a lot of credit for the work they did I think just changing the mood and the build-up to the game and obviously encourage fans to get there early. Mm-hmm. They're responsible for all the banners and the flags and um, that helped. I think also, I think it was a bit of a masterstroke, Kenny Dog Leash deciding that yeah. he was going to do some media on the eve of the game. I don't think that was a, a massive coincidence. Um, and I think clearly he'd thought about what he wanted to say and you know the, the message was there loud and clear from someone... You know, if you can't get motivation from the words of Kenny Dog Leash, then there's something seriously wrong. And you know, he said 
Liverpool, have, in all this time at Liverpool, they've never won anything without without the fans being massively important to to the outcome. And he said, you know, they, don't underestimate the part you can play in dragging this team over the line. And certainly, if if that atmosphere on Saturday is replicated from now till the middle of May, then Liverpool are going to have an unbelievable chance. The fans will look at it now, won't they, Paul, and and see the result that came of it, and and hopefully replicate that because. In Europe, it's almost taken as red that those Anfield nights yeah. will be special and, and that it's a it's an extra weapon for Liverpool against some of the biggest sides that they have to play. But perhaps, do you think we're, we're, we're guilty of taking some of the league games for granted at times? Yeah, at times I do, yeah. I think that's been the case for, for quite a while now and long before Jürgen Klopp came in. And he's always been keen to to ask for an atmosphere like that, hasn't he? Yeah. It's probably a little bit unrealistic to expect it every single week for for you know a twelve o'clock game or a three o'clock on a Saturday, but but that's proof that it can happen. Yeah, but between now and the end of the season, how many home games Liverpool have got left? Is it eight or nine or something like that? I'm not sure. But Liverpool fans need to basically just replicate what they did on Saturday, and as James says, um, that kind of help is massive to the players. Um, a few of them have mentioned it themselves and, and as Steve Cook apparently said he, he, he said something similar so it is a huge help so just between now and the end of the season Liverpool fans have just got to carry on doing what he did on Saturday and, and see where Liverpool land Well the players responded Connor and one man who put in probably his best performance in a Liverpool shirt perhaps perhaps his best performance full stop in a Liverpool shirt was Genie Wijnaldum scored a, an absolutely gorgeous goal um, what did you make of his performance? Honestly um, he's Absolutely sensational on Saturday. I couldn't believe quite when Klopp was saying afterwards that he had one or two hours sleep, had to be taken out of the team hotel for Mm -hmm. sickness just simply hours earlier because he quite literally, I know people do say this about midfielders all the time that they run the game and he really just did control the whole play from the middle and got forward, got back, defended, got Liverpool forward, played the ball, just to beat really well. And yeah, I've I've never really seen him play like that before and I was like, it was absolutely sensational performance. Slightly more advanced than usual. Yeah, I would say so. I think that probably helps with Fabinho playing a little bit behind him. He wasn't yeah. so compressed as when others were in the pitch with him. But yeah, obviously that role seems to suit him incredibly well. And seeing him marauding down the pitch, you know, could have had a shot before he scored his goal. And just him getting in those situations is a bit of a change in him as well. So yeah, that was good. Is Wijnaldum vastly underrated, James? Or, or do you think you're looking at him thinking, we need more of those performances from you? Because I've seen him sometimes with the Dutch national team. Was it against... Who was it? They beat 3-0 recently. Was it France? France? And he scored a, a wonderful mm. goal in that game. Yeah, he played quite high, high up the field yeah, didn't he, in that yeah. game. And he, perhaps he can replicate those performances for Liverpool. Yeah, I think I think sometimes he's a bit of a victim of the, the role he's asked to do for the team. I think I, mean, I think he's had an absolutely brilliant season this season. Yeah. Know, you know, the, the accusation always was, wasn't it, previously that you know that he, he went missing, especially yeah. in the bigger away games, and wasn't consistent enough. But I think you know he, he's such a versatile footballer. Like I remember when you think back to what he was like at Newcastle, he you know he seemed like he was just this quite one-dimensional attacker who you know you give the ball to him and he'll try and make something happen. And then Klopp has seen other qualities in him and primarily used him deeper as as a link between kind of midfield and attack. Um, but yeah, it was you know it was interesting seeing him you know get forward a lot more on the weekend. Yeah. It was clearly it was part of part of the game game plan and and worked out perfectly I mean when he when he takes a goal as well as that you do think it's crazy he doesn't score yeah, more yeah, often yeah. only his second of the season he hadn't scored at Anfield since October 2017 um, yeah, he's just I think 
I don't think he's necessarily underrated by Liverpool fans, but I think he's definitely one of those players who, outside of, you know, in the in the in the wider yeah. kind of Premier League context, I don't think I don't think he gets the credit he deserves because, um, yeah, he's he's absolutely crucial to the way Liverpool play. And I just think in general on Saturday, the the midfield, the balance looks so much better. The yeah. control was there, and I don't think it was yeah any great surprise that when when Liverpool bossed that area of the pitch, suddenly. You know that the front three come alive a lot more because I think that the supply to them was so much better. Do you think that is the the combination that Liverpool should go with? Keep that cater Fabinho, one album. It's difficult, isn't it? Because I think you'd have to say yes, probably for 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 I don't know for Bayern. Would the thing is because I, I I know people, I wouldn't you certainly couldn't argue with sticking with those three but then I've, I've seen people say well that has to be the combination now for the rest of the season now clearly it's not going to be the combination for the rest of the season because there's different different challenges yeah. and different tests I mean it'd be interesting to see whether you know it was Klopp I'm sure we'll come on to talk about Cater and to the written press afterwards on, on the weekend Klopp was saying that Cater was one of the first names on the team sheet for Saturday because yeah. he felt there were promising signs in the second half at West Ham that he that he had to give him another opportunity for him to try and build some rhythm. Um, so yeah, I th- I don't know. Will he, it'd be interesting to see what midfield he does go with against Bayern. Whether whether he does stick with those three. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, Jordan Henderson wasn't fully fit for the weekend. You know, he, yeah. he he's had this issue with his his hamstring. Um, so I think that partly influenced the selection. Yeah, um, yeah it, it'd be interesting. I mean. But you'd have to, you know, because you have to tailor it again. Obviously, Bayern Munich is a much tougher test than yeah. than, than Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, you know, it did help Liverpool the fact that Bournemouth did step up, step off, and, and give them time and space to play. Um, but yeah, just just the fact that those three playing together work so well, yeah. it just gives gives Klopp another option, doesn't it, going forward? Yeah, they do seem a three, Paul. They complement each other. Their, their strengths and weaknesses seem to go well together, don't they? Yeah, and I think Wan Aldum's in a bit of a different role, wasn't he? Saturday he seemed to be getting into the box a lot more. Obviously, he scored the goal and, and took it wonderfully well. And then he, he was in the box for Salah, wasn't he? When, he? when he laid him on and probably should have scored from that. He did a little chip, didn't he, to the far post for Mane? For well, Mane, yeah, yeah, that was another one. He was, Mane was kind of caught in two minds, whether to square it to Cater or header him, a goal himself, wasn't he? But yeah, I mean it's. I've seen quite a lot of people saying, you know, Liverpool have to stick with this midfield three now, and you know that that should be the, the first choice midfield. But I'm not, I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I kind of see where Klopp was coming from in putting Cater in, saying try and build on the second half at West Ham because he was a lot better in the second half than he was in the first half. But it's um, the onus is on him now just to continue, you know, from where he left off on Saturday because he, he was excellent and kind of build build himself into a bit of form and, and then maybe you can look at it in the same way you would Fabinho at the moment and think, well, there's no way you can leave him out because Fabinho's been excellent, hasn't he, since he kind yeah. of broke into the team around about November time. He'd be one of the first names on the team sheet. So I think Fabinho definitely, Wijnaldum at the moment, you'd be hard-pressed to argue against him. Um, and while Henderson is out, then yeah, you, you, you would be looking at Keita because, um, let's face it, the three midfielders... Midfielders on Saturday were excellent. Um, it's about giving them a chance to kind of build on that now. I'm, I'm keen to talk about Cater and Fabinho individually. We'll start with Fabinho, who I have to say just impresses me more and more every time I see him. He looked um, really assured on Saturday, Connor. Um, what did you make of his performance? And is he now 
an automatic pick for Liverpool in midfield. Yeah, I think he's definitely made that position his own. He's commanded a place in Jurgen Klopp's mind, Jurgen Klopp's team sheet, hasn't he? I think at the start of the season, you can obviously know his early travails were pretty well documented. Um, you could see him getting caught on the ball a little bit and getting caught in behind a few times, but he just seemed to take completely eradicate that from his game. I don't know if that's confidence or it's just playing more, just a bit more of regularity and playing in this team. But his last few performances, I think it pretty much started against Man United. Mm. Um, he was absolutely everywhere against United and I thought he was he was excellent that day. And I think he's just built on that and built on that. And yeah, as you say, against Bournemouth, he he was probably where you'd say why we're now to get forward and it just really complemented each other you know his tackling was really good and his tracking back and working for the team overall as well yeah he, he looks confident doesn't he James you see him now and he looks very assured believes himself passes the ball with a lot of purpose doesn't he yeah I think he, he certainly feels like he belongs in that Liverpool team now and mm. um, I think the big thing is like it almost like adjusted to the pace of Premier League football as well. You think back to what was it, Arsenal away when that was probably the first big test for him. And, you know, I think he struggled that night. And that was like, you know, just when you thought he was maybe just starting to deliver, you kind of realise actually he's still got a way to go. But, you know, yeah. since then, he's he's kicked on massively, you know, shown he's been a you know, really, when you think of the job he's done in different in different roles yeah. as well, mm. um, you know, he, he has got a lot of experience, kind of, you know, all the, the Champions League football he, he played for Monaco. Um, yeah, he, he, he now is, is a key part of that team. I, you know, I don't, I, I think he, he's, he's made himself undroppable now. Go along with that, Paul, undroppable? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard to, to make a case for anyone else to come in and take his place. Um, I like the I like the fact that as soon as he gets it, he always likes to, to look for Salah, doesn't he? Or, yeah. or Mane, and there's always a, he's a not cliff over the to top. Get a pass, is he? Yeah. No, he isn't. And you know, if it doesn't come off, it, it doesn't come off. But it, it has at times this season. You look at Mane's opening against United. Um, I just like that he, he's willing to play that pass. Um, something that he's a different. A lot of people criticise Jordan Henderson for passing sideways, yeah. in inverted commas. But he's a different style of player, isn't he? Henderson was all about. It's a lot about engine and, and covering the ground and, and keeping the ball. Whereas yeah. he's a bit, I suppose he is a bit more ambitious with his passing, isn't he? He is, yeah. And, and as I say, it's, it doesn't always come off, but there's no harm in trying it because occasionally when it does, Liverpool are in business. And um, he's he's been he's, he's been excellent. Um, as Connor says, it took him a few months to get up to speed, didn't it? And Jurgen Klopp carefully managed that, and he was only putting him in for for the League Cup, and then bringing him off the bench here and there but now you look at it and you, you'd struggle to see a midfield without him I think he, he's really established himself now Naby Keita um, turned in another impressive performance on Saturday Connor and that was would you go along with saying that was probably his most impressive performance in Liverpool shirt so far yeah I would say so without doubt to be honest I think this was the game and a lot of people said it that you had to get performance from him really you know he showed signs throughout the season that he could play um, he obviously had a really decent second half against West Ham and looked alright against Leicester and then you just felt like he played well against Bournemouth in the first away leg in or well, first away game and you just thought this would be the game if there was going to be any <coughs> off the back of the last couple of performances that you needed to see something from him and you probably might and yeah he stepped up and delivered really well to be honest I thought that his distribution of the ball was a lot lot better against Bournemouth you know when he'd beaten one player two players he, he yeah. managed to find the next Liverpool player which is exactly what was asked of him. The crowd responded to that as well. And I think he grew into the Bournemouth game a lot more as well because, you know, he was tracking back and he was winning tackles and just little things that you hadn't really seen him do so much before. So, yeah, it was, it was really a short performance. And, you know, he's got a build on that, hasn't he? It's all about consistency for him, to be yeah. honest. Do you look more confident? Because I've 
suspected that most of the season it has been a confidence problem with him. Did you see him sort of? Did you see his confidence go up as the game went on? Yeah, certainly. I think you could sort of see in the opening moments that he, you know, he knew he needed to do something. But you know, he grew into the game, and as you say, when his passes started to come off, he started to beat a couple of players. He started yeah. to win tackles and challenges and things like that, and he looked decent. Yeah, it's very much been a, a conscious decision from Jurgen Klopp to play him through and and play him into form, if you like, James. I mean, it's quite a wise decision because it does seem as though we, you find, we're finally seeing the cater that we all hoped we'd see in the summer. Yeah, it certainly paid off. I think that's the first time, isn't it? He's played four games in a row for Liverpool. So it's, you know, it's the only really kind of extended run he's had. And and he has he has stepped up. Um, I think confidence has played a massive a massive part in it. Um, I think we, I think we said on last week's pod he needed he needed something like big to happen to him he needed a, a goal or an mm-hmm. assist and you know I didn't he didn't necessarily get that on the weekend but he, I think it was almost as good as that because he, he actually was involved in all three goals yeah. wasn't he you yeah. know, he he plays the <clears> ball out to Milner for the first goal you know it's his pressing that wins the ball back that leads to win Adams and then the quality of the pass for oh, that's wonderful yeah, yeah. just un- unbelievable I don't, I don't think. I don't think even a week ago he'd have even played that pass because I think I think he'd have been yeah. worried about messing it up. And do you think that's the sort of moment he needed yeah. in the game to really yeah. make himself believe? Yeah, I know. Obviously, it won't go down in the, the stats books no. as an assist, wasn't it? but it was as good as in terms of uh, you know to absolutely slice open Bournemouth's back line and then you know oh. unbelievable touch from Firmino. He's played a, a massive part, and you know I think that might be my favourite goal of the season actually. Really? Yeah. There you go, James yeah, Pearce's favourite goal of the season. So. Someone told me because I. I Someone had instantly because I said you'd have to go a long way to see a better team goal than that yeah. all season, and someone said to me that the one against Man City was better. But Did, are they not thinking of the the one they nearly scored against Man City because that was that was wonderful, wasn't it? Breathtaking move, and and then it was cleared off the line. Um, if you remember, that was yeah, I, yeah, I remember the, yeah, 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 the, the one that was cleared off the oh, line. Yeah, yeah, yeah that so was, it, it, yeah, that so would have been a truly truly great goal. Yeah, but that but just, one, that was unbelievable. That was exactly. unbelievable. from yeah. a throw in. Yeah, it happened right below us, didn't it? It, was, it yeah. kind of just went dink, 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 didn't it? Yeah. And, and, it and they were in. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, I think it was Mane, wasn't it, who got the yeah. throw off Milner. You know, then, you know, what catered it, the quality of that, then the quality of Firmino, his, his touch, and then, you know, the ice cool finish from Salah. And you're thinking as well, it looks so good from above, like an aerial view, but for yeah. players to see that on the pitch, it's yeah. just absolutely sensational. Yeah. To be bold enough for Firmino to make, to make that touch, is it? <laughs> I mean, if you mess that up, you, look, you end up looking quite silly, don't you, Paul? Yeah, I was surprised to see him not shoot when he, he was clean yeah. through, but he just, he just knew Salah was uh, darting him behind him, didn't he? And it wasn't even like a, a back heel, was it? It was kind of like a little He twist. rolled it with his, yeah. with his studs, didn't he? Yeah. It was outrageous. Just, yeah. like, I mean, James says, what a goal. And that, When he said that, I'm thinking of another one that, that could rival it, and I can't think of many off the top of my head. It was... Was one of Liverpool's best goals of the season. And was that great. what Liverpool are about when they're at their best? Yeah, which is the yeah. pace and the, the the skill. Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. I mean, it, it's from a throw into back of Bournemouth's net in what four or five seconds, and it was great to see Kate involved because that was kind of the moment that we've been crying out for him to, yeah. to come up with over the last few weeks, haven't we? And hopefully, he just builds on that now because it, I do kind of agree agree with you that he is a confidence player, and the more his confidence levels levels raised, then the better he'll become and the more he'll look like the £52 million midfielder that everyone thought they were getting in June. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. It's a bit of a shame, isn't it, Colin, that we kind of have to wait now 
what yeah, I don't know how many days it is between eight another eight days from today, isn't it, to to, to buy Munich. So uh, was that ten between the two games yeah. for, to play again? Because it felt like the type of result Liverpool needed, and it, it kind of feels like they need a bit more momentum. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, obviously this break, Klopp will probably tell you otherwise, and he's probably really happy to have yeah. it again. But you just feel with the way Liverpool played after the break, and I know you shouldn't read too much into it, but you just feel like the consistency of playing and the repetitiveness of yeah. playing together is just what they needed, especially after that result when the team just started to gel a little bit and Cater's getting more involved and things like that but it's one of those things going to have to live with and obviously Klopp's going to have to find a way to you know keep that momentum going while they're away training and we'll have to see what comes off the back of that against Bayern definitely uh, a man who probably people didn't talk about too much after the Saturday's game Sadio Mane scored his fourth in as many games um, he's, he's having a really really good spell isn't he he seems very dangerous James what, what have you made of his performances recently they've probably been lucky to have him rec- in yeah, recent yeah yeah well when mm. you think you know, without him, the, yeah. the last month would have been considerably worse, wouldn't it? You know, a time when we were talking about Firmino and, and Salah delivering a couple of kind of below par displays. You know, Sadio Mane has been Liverpool's outstanding attacking player during that that kind of blip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's been been absolutely top draw again. You know, you don't see him score too many headers. And I know Bournemouth had a, some complaints about whether he was offside. I think it was very, very marginal, wasn't it? I, think, I, think, like, I saw them say back on match of the day, he, he was offside and this way VAR. You can just see his margin. You could see his, yeah. his well, hand, it, perhaps. It, yeah, but his arm's still... offside, but it's it's done on... You have to be able to... Yeah. It's part of your body you can actually legally score with, isn't it? That is a, that's another decision that I think you could look at and with VAR could come in you could still argue about it all yeah, day it's not yeah, a yeah. clear and obvious error is it no yeah. no, not at all I saw Richard Keyes was upset about it of course yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean Liverpool are the only team to ever score any goals that yeah. are ever offside yeah well they seem to have short yeah. memories of what happened in the Leicester game well, where the, a nailed on penalty when Pereira took out Cater and, and perhaps a the, red card uh, it is funny because yeah. on match of the day they were talking about oh Liverpool have had the luck you need the luck and they've had it they haven't had it in every game yeah. there hasn't been much luck with injuries and illnesses no, over the last no. six seven weeks either but, but hey home. But yeah, Paul Sadio Mane at the moment. How, how impressed have you been by him? He's just kept on. I mean, as James says, then about Salah and Firmino kind of enjoying a little bit of a dip here and there. But Mane's just continued on from where he's played for, for most of the season. Really, he's, he's you look at it now, and you with Mane, you you, you think where where does he sit among Europe's best attackers? Um, Twenty goals last season, scored in the Champions League final. Such an important part of that front three that scored so many goals, and he'd never be in the conversation. Exactly, would he? yeah. But, 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 but should he be? Well, this is the point. Should, should he be? I mean, <laughs> he's, he's having another another excellent season, isn't he? What's he up to now? Is it thirteen goals? Thirteen, yeah. Yeah, mm. so he's seven off repeating what he got last year, which is a twenty goal target, which is kind of the benchmark for any any top class forward. Um, just a, just a really great player. He's, he's adapted so well to playing on the left side. Chips in with so many important goals. Um, one of one of one of Liverpool's best players. Simply, I think yeah. it's a question as well. If you look, you know, Europe's other top attacking teams and top attacking trios and things. And who actually wants to play on the left? Who plays on the left consistently well, like Mane does in Mane's position? What Mane does for the team? And I don't think there are many better than him. If you mm. if you look at it as a, on on like a his specific position, if you've got people going for the middle, quite often people play down the right, so right footed or whatever. But yeah, I don't think many people want to play on the left. I don't think many people play on the left as well as he does. Mm-hmm. The only one I can think of off the top of my head would be Neymar, who's always yeah. kind of played on that left of the front three, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good point. I don't think Neymar tracks back as well as Mane does. Though. No. 
Yeah. Seen that field in my face. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Before we move on to other things, just a quick note. Salah's 20th goal of the season on Saturday, James. Not bad for a one-season wonder. <laughs> yeah, for someone who was at a crisis early yeah. on in the season yeah. and had forgotten what to do. Um, yeah, you know, he's you know, again, interesting actually because he, he seemed to be a lot more involved on on Saturday being you know back out on the right-hand side and I think he, he seemed to... I don't know whether it was maybe just Bournemouth, the way they set up, maybe gave him gave him that extra space. But he, he seemed to see a lot more of the ball than he has done of late, and and and, and was able to to make it count because he could easily have had a, a couple more goals himself. But um, yeah, he's just when he when he's like that, he's just such a potent threat in terms of you could see the the fear that he he struck into into Bournemouth's back line, and yeah, twenty goals for the season now. Um, when you know after a relatively slow start and you think the issues he had you know back in the autumn on the back of you know a shortened pre-season and the world cup and what happened with his shoulder and Klopp talking then about you know him needing to have that faith and trust in his body again you know he's he's absolutely flying he's going to yeah. be he's going to be massive to what Liverpool hope to achieve in the next few months he's a victim of his own success now isn't he Paul because what, what did he get 45 yeah. last season <laughs> and he might finish on 30 this year and it, it almost doesn't feel like a good return, but what what can he do? You know. Well, that's it. I mean, forty four he scored last season, and they're numbers yeah. that normally only really reserved for Messi and Ronaldo, aren't they? Particularly over the course of more than one season. So if he gets anywhere near that, it's it's still a remarkable campaign. Um, so he's got twenty now. He's the first Liverpool player to do that since Suarez, isn't he? Back to back seasons. Yeah. He's only he's about thirty five away from his hundredth goal for Liverpool, which is insane when you think. He's only halfway through his second season. Um, he's, he's another one, like Manny. Um, he's one off 50, isn't he, in the Premier League? And yeah. that would be in 60... Th- if he scores yeah. in the next game, it'd be 63 games. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but, when you think about a top-level yeah. like top striker, you would yeah. say when they won in one in two. Yeah. yeah. It's a, it, Not one in 1.1. 1. 1. <laughs> it's it's it, not... It, I mean, for me, he's, he's top five in the world. Um, last season... I made that point, and, and Ian Doyle said he put he put him in the, in the top five, and he not being like the top two, the top one, you know, whatever it was. I'm not listening unless you do it in Ian Doyle's voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having that. Higher <laughs> than that. Um, yeah, I mean, consistently, I'd have him in, the, in the, the top five in the world, and it's been a long time since the pool have had a player that good. Suarez comes to comes to mind, and then Gerard and his absolute peak yeah. going back ten years or so now, isn't it? Um, but lucky to have him for all the, the strides that Liverpool are making on the pitch and, and off the pitch Salah for me is, is still the, the main man Connor is the Echo Sports Desk most stylish man what do you think of his new look clean shaven <laughs> what about the clean shaven also yeah. we love the rucksacks that he displays when he oh. comes through the tunnel okay often like sports well, a G- D&G bag which I'm very jealous of <laughs> yeah well that's great yeah, that's so 10 never... years off from that, that shave yeah, yeah. Just. I can't say I've, I've ever noticed his rucksacks no, I'll look out for them yeah stylish man stylish man good good right moving on um, from rucksacks James <laughs> uh, the players will have their rucksacks out because they're off to Spain um, today today yeah today yeah um, nice segue that by the way yeah yeah, yeah. I think yeah. 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 Ian, Ian Doyle will be proud of that um, just one rucksack per person allowed in the cabin <laughs> <laughs> um, you've been away um, to, to watch them on a couple of these trips, what what can they expect over there? And, and well, this this isn't the same as Dubai, is it? This is very much a, a tactical sort. Yeah, of... this will be a different. T- you know, Dubai was very much about rest and relaxation yeah. and, and and a bit of you know bonding or whatever, with not an awful lot of 
of training. Uh, this this one is more of a, a training camp, similar to to when obviously he took them to Evian um, in France after the pre-season tour uh, last season. Similar thing. I think, I'm sure we'll see pictures in the next few days, probably of them cycling to to the training ground. And mm. it's you know I think Klopp said last week it's just you know it, you can take them away to you know this this one's not a long haul trip. It's only to mm. only to Spain. They'll probably have a couple of sessions a day. Um, and it just about unity and and that and that spirit that's carried them this far, but also the chance to actually do some some proper work on the mm. training ground, in particular preparing for for Bayern, who of course Klopp won't need to do too much homework on knows knows their threats ever so well. Um, but yeah, I think it, I actually feel as if this break's come at quite a good time yeah, to be honest, yeah. just because I think I think also on the back of a win as well you know if, if, if Liverpool hadn't won on Saturday god that, that, that 10 days would have felt like forever and you know this week would have you know it been in quest pieces into mm. you know how what why is it why has it all gone off the rails and and suddenly that was the injection of positivity I think we yeah. all needed and then so now it just takes the heat out of it and obviously great to see Trent Alexander-Arnold coming off the bench uh, midway through the second half on Saturday, be good for him to be able to get another week's training under his belt before yeah. Bayern. I'm sure he'll start that game. Um, It'd be like Chamberlain, will he, will he be out there with them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they haven't confirmed the exact. I think they, I think they fly Monday evening, um, yeah. and then I think, I think they're there till Friday. Uh, I think it's four or five days, and then, um, yeah, obviously Chamberlain's still some way off playing, yeah. but you'd, you'd imagine he'd go along as well for yeah. because he is, you know, working outside on the. Yeah. The pitches again. Um, you know, the big, big one for me will be they desperately need to get Day and Lovren back in yeah. training at some point this week because, obviously, with Van Dijk being banned for that the first leg against Bayern and Joe Gomez still being out, um, you know that would be a, a real headache if, yeah. if Lovren's not not fit for that one. So um, yeah. you know, suddenly we could be looking at you know Fabino playing centre half against Matic. Which what, what is Lovren's issue again? Hamstring. Hamstring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's relatively minor. It was, mm. was was kind of like the the feedback on it. But yeah, the problem with Lovren is he, he's had a few like this where yeah. you think it's only going to be a week, 10 days or whatever, and it suddenly becomes two, two, three, four. So, um, so yeah, I think that'll, that'll be, you know, helpful, hopefully this gap in terms of trying to get, trying to get him fit. But yeah, I mean, the, the one of the biggest things for me on Saturday was just seeing them play with that kind of energy and spark yeah. again because that was the fear that not so much I think I didn't come away from the West Ham game thinking oh that's pressure that that Liverpool have crumbled under the the weight of it tonight it was more they just looked so lackluster and lacking yeah. in invention and and energy and so that was you know massive to get that back ahead of this training camp this week definitely Paul Man City then went and won yesterday knocking Liverpool back off the top of the league. Um, did you watch the game? What What are your thoughts on City? I mean, I, I've, I've got to be honest. I don't, I don't think I ever really expected Chelsea to to do anything mm. there. They've been beaten four 0 in the last away game at Bournemouth. Um, do you think a, a little bit too much is made of City's results, or bit they were very very impressive? It was a bit of a statement, wasn't it? Really, um, I always thought City'd win, but I didn't think Chelsea would be as as poor as they were. Um, City absolutely battered them. Every shot they had on target was in the back of the net in, in the first half, and City just ran away with it. It was over with before the before the half hour mark, yeah. wasn't it? Um, and City could put the feet up and rest assured that they were going back to the top. Um, Liverpool have just got to concentrate on themselves, and they? they know that if, if they do, they keep up their end of the bargain, they'll be champions. So it doesn't 
matter too much about what City are going to do if they slip up here or there before the end of the season. Great, Liverpool take that with both arms. But City were good yesterday and you can't really get away from the fact that they've beaten a team chasing top four comfortably and absolutely hammered them out yeah. of sight. And, um, ominous form from their, their point of view, but Liverpool um, shouldn't really focus too much on them at, the, at this stage, I think. There's a little bit too much being made of City. I mean, uh, Paul's just said ominous form there, but as I keep pointing out, they won two games in the bounce, but before that they did get beat in Newcastle and nobody saw that coming. Yeah, that's exactly it, isn't it? I think, you know, they go and smash top teams sometimes and yeah. that they have those capitulations in them where they just look completely, totally out of sorts. Yeah. Um, you obviously cannot get away from the result. I didn't think Chelsea would get a point, to be honest, at the Etihad, but what I did hope was that Chelsea might give them a hard game, yeah. um, just yeah. take the legs out of them a little bit again yeah. on the League Cup final game, just take the legs out a little bit, which will obviously be a different contest, but... Yeah, it was obviously unexpected that City could kind of rest for 60 minutes in yeah. the match against Chelsea. But I do think they have got it in them still that a performance is, could be around the corner where they do slip up against one of the lesser sides because they haven't, I don't know, not concentrated properly or they've not thought about probably the players on the pitch before this is going to be a walkover because we've smashed these other top teams. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's the be all and end all. Yeah, God, sorry, Paul, so, so I was just going to say, the slight worry for me would be when you were looking at it last week and you think oh, uh, City are playing Arsenal, Everton and Chelsea... And you think maybe somewhere along the line yeah. th- there could be a slight blip and they've, they've won it 11-1 on aggregate all three games. It's, they are in form, aren't they? Obviously, they slipped up at Newcastle, but that seems a long time ago now. It does, but it was only it, like two weeks ago. But it was two weeks ago, and that, mm. that's... I, I don't know what you think, James, but I, I, I almost think a lot's been said about Liverpool's form and how Liverpool have, have slipped up. And I think well, Liverpool haven't actually lost a game. They've drawn <laughs> a couple. Yeah. But City lost at Newcastle. Now... I know Graham Sooner said Liverpool have to win every single one of their games, but apart from being factually factually wrong, that, that's yeah. why is that true of, of Liverpool but not of City? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't really understand that to be honest. What is it? So eleven, eleven wins and a draw, yeah. and Liverpool win the league. Don't yeah, so, so so he's he's factually wrong, but also it, it's yeah, it, it kind of frustrates me that City can drop these performances in and everyone forgets about them, but Liverpool draw a couple of games and people are talking like, I mean. It, it just it seems a bit bizarre. Is it just because of the, the performances that City put in when they're playing well? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose just when 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 you, it's quite rare, isn't it, to see a, you know a top six club demolish yeah. another top six club in that kind of fashion? Because it you know it was absolutely embarrassing for for Chelsea, and it was I couldn't really make sense of the first half whether it, how much of it was down to City being breathtakingly good and now you know some of the goals were just like the first goal is just absolutely unbelievable isn't it I don't know if you yeah, saw them yeah. analysing that with Alonso just just yeah, has yeah, a look yeah. and yeah. then wanders inside and just you know that's just absolutely you know that's that's not attacking brilliance that's just an absolute gift from inept defending so um, to me I just I watch that and you look at City's bench and you look at the options they got to bring on and it just puts into context what an unbelievable season Liverpool are having the fact that yeah, you, you, you're looking like a Man City team who you know at the start of the season people were saying is this like the greatest Premier League team ever and certainly it's got to be the most gifted Premier League it, it squad still might be, yeah. yeah it's you know they're, they're unbelievably good with an unbelievably gifted manager playing a ridiculously exhilarating brand of attacking football yet they're still in a worse position than Liverpool in terms of you know, I'd, I'd rather be in Liverpool's shoes at the moment than City's. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I've, I've seen obviously you know, on social media, you see people getting het up about, yeah. oh my God, if you look what City, you know, the City can't, 
they, you know, Liverpool don't have to play City again in the Premier League this season. Yeah. So you just have to like, you have to, just have to park that and, f- and forget that. And you know, all Liverpool have got to do is take care of their own business. And that's why it was still, regardless of what City did on Sunday, it, that was a massively positive weekend because the big thing was that Liverpool have got some fluency back. And you know that by far and away the best performance we've seen since they beat Arsenal back in December. And that, that's that's much more important to Liverpool's chances of winning the title than anything happened anything that happened at the Etihad. It seems a little bit role reversal to thirteen fourteen when Liverpool wiped the floor with Arsenal, with, with Everton, and even with United at Old Trafford. But City just kept picking up results and won the won the title, didn't they? Yeah, anyway, just obviously the next few weeks are going to be huge, aren't they? I mean, that, that game at Old Trafford mm. just seems to get bigger and bigger because it, it, it also, the fact that it falls on the weekend, well, that's effectively Liverpool's game in hand, isn't it? So, mm. you know, I, I think if Liverpool takes something from that game, then then it just maintains that momentum. The other side of it is if Liverpool don't get anything at Old Trafford, then, you know, that could be a pivotal moment in it. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's just exciting, isn't it? And the thing it's such a massive run of games now with Bayern and then United, was it Watford at home and then mm-hmm. the Merseyside derby. And, you know, I think without Saturday, there would be a bit of trepidation going into that run. But now, you know, everyone should be embracing it and, and enjoying the prospects of what we got in store. Okay. All right. Before we finish off, um, James, you were at um, the benefit gig for Sean Cox's family on um, on Saturday night uh, how did it go uh, looked, a, looked a great event yeah, Jamie Carragher yeah, speaking yeah, with yeah Jamie Brian Carragher in, in conversation with Brian Reed yeah. on the stage and yeah absolutely absolutely packed out hinterlands in the mm. in the Baltic Triangle um, a lot of Sean Cox's friends and family were there as well so it must um, mean a, a great deal to them oh to yeah, the, yeah yeah I was speaking to his, his brother Martin actually and he, yeah he said you know obviously they've had a, an absolutely you know torrid nine ten months but he said you know the blown away by the the support they've had from everyone connected with the club and um you know Sean thankfully has improved a lot and responded well to the, the treatment he's had but he's got a you know an awful long way to go which um is obviously going to be you know very very costly as well in terms of treatment and care for him so there's all kinds of events planned over the course of, of this year um you know, I think I think that that night alone raised I think in excess of twenty thousand mm-hmm. pound. Um, Liverpool today had a press conference over in Dublin, just confirming lineups for the Liverpool Legends against Republic of Ireland Legends at the Aviva mm-hmm. in Dublin uh, in April, which uh, again will be a, a massive shot in the arm to the the fundraising uh, campaign. So um, yeah, you know, out of something that was absolutely horrific, um, you know, I th- you know, it's it was. It was great to be part of that on on Saturday night and see people rallying around and, and doing their bit to help. Right, thanks, James. Before I bid you farewell, a couple of things. First of all, Christian Walsh, um, who you you won't have heard in these podcasts for a little while, but he did ask me to thank a couple of fans from Philly and DC who spotted him on the train or on the bus or something at the weekend and, <laughs> and, and came over to him and said they, they were listeners. For, thank them for spotting him on the bus. No, no, thank them for they were listeners. <laughs> Blood red listeners, and they, I they spotted thank him. You for seeing yeah, him. No. Yeah. And for coming over, and they said that they listened to the pods, and he said, "Oh, you must thank you for waving." Yeah, give him a shout out and say thanks for listening. So that's what I'm doing. Oh, it's it's quite nice, nice to hear people who, yeah. who enjoy enjoy what we do. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it was their first trip over to Anfield, so I think they'll have got to a very good game and a great win. So 
Uh, thank you for listening. And finally, um, for those of you who come into our Blood Red Live event on Wednesday night at the Baltic Market, it's now a sellout, which is great. Um, and um, just make sure you come over and say hello. Use the hashtag Blood Red Live to send us your questions. James will be on stage. Hopefully you grill him. Pierce shouting out to you again. Yeah, Pierce. He just moves, few, moves the tickets, doesn't he, Pierce? Box few, office. A few bits from the new album with Jamie Webster. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what, what's the new album called again? You, t- you told me the other day. Me, me, just <laughs> me by James Pierce. Yeah. Um, since you went solo, you've been you've been a brilliant brilliant actor. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Doyle was holding me back for he, many he years. Was, he was. Yeah, artistic you're, differences. You're the Robbie the Williams end. of that group. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, right. Well, on that note, yeah, yeah. Do come over and say hello. Hopefully, um, you are coming. If you're not coming, then keep your keep your eyes peeled for um, any future events. We will do it again. So uh, thanks for thanks for listening. We'll speak to you again on Friday when we'll discuss. A very empty week, but hopefully look ahead to that Bayern Munich game on Tuesday night. Cheers. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.